Hi, this is Dr. Pedro Ramirez, editor-in-chief of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. And today I have the great pleasure of uh, inviting back again, <laughs> Dr. Demetrius Nasiudis, who is at the hospital uh, from the University of Pennsylvania. And uh, the topic of this podcast is going to be our July lead article. Uh, the title of the manuscript is uh, called Oncologic Outcomes of Surgical Periodic Lymph Node Staging in Patients with Advanced Stage Cervical Carcinoma Receiving Definitive Chemo Radiation. So really looking forward to uh, speaking with you on this topic, Demetrius. Thank you once again for, for joining us and, and also congratulations on completing the uh, IJGC uh, Fellowship. So it's great to have you again. Thank you. It's been uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and thank you for the invitation to uh, discuss our recent article. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, Demetrius, so I mean, obviously, once again, congratulations on all the great work you're you're doing, um, um, and on this topic particularly. Obviously, there's uh, there's you know, as we were speaking before, there's a lot of emotions with regards to indications for the procedure. And, um, and I really like to get to address some of those points today. So I wanted to start by discussing as to why you consider surgical staging is a topic of interest in gynecologic oncology uh, for patients with locally advanced uh, cervical cancer. And what data do we have so far to provide some insights into this topic? Yeah, so uh, surgical staging may firstly aims to evaluate tumor spread and mainly guide treatment planning. In addition, accurate staging does provide prognostic information and permit, permit participation to clinical trials. Uh, to date, however, there are no high quality data to suggest that removal of normal appearing lymph nodes has any therapeutic value in any gynecological malignancy, not only locally advanced cervical cancer. For patients with locally advanced cervical cancer specifically, the incidence of paraortic lymph node metastasis is relatively high, approximately 10 to 50%, especially for those uh, with positive pelvic lymph nodes. Identifying these patients who harbor paraortic lymph node metastasis aids in delineating the radiation fields and thus theoretically decreasing the incidence of paraortic lymph node recurrences. Several studies have demonstrated that compared to imaging only, surgical staging can detect a higher number of patients with lymph node metastasis, since current imaging that cannot detect microscopic uh, lymph node metastasis. However, data from retrospective studies on the impact of surgical staging on the oncologic outcomes for patients with locally advanced cervical cancer are mixed, and it remains unclear if identifying these microscopic lymph nodes disease truly alters the survival of these patients. For example, there was an ad hoc analysis of uh, data from three GOG chemoradiation trials that did demonstrate that surgical staging may be associated with better progression-free and overall survival. However, a meta-analysis of five um, retrospective studies found no difference. Uh, of course, there's bias with all these retrospective studies, there's variation in the radiation dose, uh, use of radiosensitizing chemotherapy, and this question was actually attempted to be answered by randomized controlled trials. There was an early uh, small RCT uh, that used older radiation techniques that did close prematurely uh, when an interim analysis showed that the surgical arm um, had significantly higher relapse rate. The most, uh, the best evidence we have so far, the level one evidence is, comes from the Uterus 11, the largest RCT that explored this question. And I would encourage our audience to listen to the author's podcast that was recorded here at the IJGC uh, a year ago. Uh, over 95% of the patients enrolled in this trial had uh, radi received radiosensitizing chemotherapy and brachytherapy. And the majority, over 60%, had IMRT, so it's modern radiation techniques. 
However, the uterus 11 prove um, that there is no difference uh, between surgical and clinical staging for in terms of PFS. Uh, and uh, however, there was a trend favoring the surgical staging. So, so overall, this trial was a negative trial. However, what it demonstrated that is surgical training, uh, surgical staging is associated with a high incidence. It's not associated with a high incidence of perioperative adverse events or a delay in the radiotherapy initiation or increased radiation toxicity. Um, it should be noted that um, in that trial, PET-CT, the best imaging that we currently have was non-mandatory in the clinical staging arm. And that raises the question was whether the clinical staging would have performed better if PET-CT was exclusively used. So, so far, mixed, mixed evidence and uh, one negative uh, RCT. So but the debate is still ongoing. Great. So thank, thank you for starting with that great overview of uh, uh, surgical staging in locally advanced cervix cancer. And um, <clears throat> certainly I'm glad you uh, finished discussing the um, uh, topic of imaging in, uh, in these patients. So before we get into the details of, uh, of the study and the, and the surgical staging, I wanted to ask you, you know, certainly most centers, uh, surgical staging of locally advanced cervical cancer is not performed. So imaging studies are the more standard approach wanted to ask you, what do you think is the most ideal imaging modality when evaluating these patients with locally advanced cervical cancer and why? Yeah, so uh, as uh, we, uh, we discussed previously, the incidence of paraortic metastasis is uh, pretty high. Approximately the surgical staging arms is approximately 30, 30%, 30 to 50%, depending on the patient tumor characteristics. So that using a high sensitivity uh, imaging technique is paramount importance. Now, several studies have investigated the sensitivity and specificity of different imaging modalities in identifying lymph node metastasis. Overall for MRI and CT scan, uh, their sensitivity is modest around 50 to 60%, but the best imaging modality we currently have is PET-CT with a sensitivity of around 80 to 85% and a specificity of 95%. Mm. Of course, it should be noted that the false negative rate for PET-CT may be higher uh, when we take into consideration patients with positive pelvic lymph nodes. That's a higher risk um, population. So the false negative rate is for that population is approximately 20%. So uh, PET-CT is currently the best imaging technique we have. Uh, there's also some experimental like, like diffusion-weighted imaging MRI, but uh, we don't have good data for, for that technique so far. Great. So now, uh, Demetrius, if we can just start telling us about the methodology of this particular study, um, specifically addressing some of the inclusion criteria. And I was also interested, why did you pick the time frame of 2010 to 2015? Yeah, so uh, in our study, we want to evaluate partners of care uh, in the United States regarding surgical priority staging. And also we want to see if this a signal of superior survival for patients who had surgical staging. Uh, we accessed the National Cancer Database, which is a database that captures approximately 70% of all newly diagnosed cancer cases in the US and is curated by the American College of Surgeons. And we selected patients that were diagnosed with FICO's uh, 2009 states 1B2 to 4A, squamous adenosquamous or adenocarcinoma of the cervix, but did not have any definitive surgical procedure received external beam radiation of at least 45 gray uh, with the use of radiosensitizing chemotherapy and had data on the mode of pararotic lymph node evaluation. Uh, we selected 2010 as the start uh, of our study because that's when 
a variable that captured the mode of prioritic lymph node assessments was introduced. And uh, 2015 uh, was their cutoff to permit uh, follow-up data for the patients. Great. And um, tell us now, before we, we get into all these questions about the results, what would you like to highlight to the, uh, to the listeners with regards to the results of your study? Uh, and what, are, what do you see as the most important take-home messages uh, from your study? Yeah, uh, so we identified a rather large number of uh, patients with local advanced cervical cancer, approximately 3,500. And overall, the rate of paraarticular phanonectin was 9.4, close to 10%. Uh, and we did notice a decrease in the utilization of paraarticular phanonectomy uh, overall over over the years. Uh, we what we did we can highlight is the fact that as previous studies have shown, patients who had paraarticular phanonectomy had a higher uh, rate of positive lymph nodes, 27 ver uh, versus 13%. However, they did have a longer interval from diagnosis to radiotherapy initiation, 55 versus 38 days. And uh, when we examined overall survival, we found no um, difference between the two groups or no, no real signal of uh, better survival for patients that had uh, prioritical lymphadenectomy. And that's, that was also true in a series of sensitivity analysis when we excluded patients that did not receive brachytherapy or we limited uh, our analysis to patients that had comprehensive lymphadenectomy. Um, and uh, another point was, again, uh, similar to other studies, patients who had lymph node metastasis, uh, prioritical lymph node metastasis had worse survival uh, compared to those who did not. Yeah. So <clears throat> that gets me to, to one of the first questions, because you just mentioned that the rate of positive lymph nodes was higher in the surgical staging group. I believe it was 27% versus 13%. And some might say, well, if you had higher rate of uh, positive lymph nodes in the surgical staging, how can you, how can you explain that the overall survival was no different uh, in the staging versus no staging? What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so uh, we did anticipate to find a higher rate of uh, positive lymph nodes in the surgical group, and that's uh, similar to prior studies. Uh, as previously discussed, the sensitivity of PET-CT, the best imaging modality we have is 84%. So that means that 15 to 20% with a negative uh, patients with a negative PET-CT will actually have lymph node metastasis. Uh, and also, we do not have data of the exact imaging modality that was used in the clinical staging group. So some patients may have less sensitive techniques like CT or MRI, thus decreasing further the rate of uh, radiologically positive lymph nodes. In addition, some of the patients in the, um, in the surgical group may have had preoperative imaging that identified some bulky nodes or some suspicious nodes, and then had removal only of these nodes, increasing thus the rate of positive lymph nodes in the surgical group. Now, we didn't find any difference in uh, overall survival, and that's, that's also the case for some other retrospective studies. Uh, we don't have details on the exact um, planning of radiation technique, so it could be possible that some of the clinical staging patients had uh, extended field radiation, and that could have impacted this, their survival. Also, there's other theories that microscopic disease uh, does not really alter, that identification of microscopic disease does not really alter the, the, the survival outcomes, or that chemotherapy could have some effects, or there's some upscopal uh, effects of radiation. But these are all hypotheses, uh, and um, uh, we can't really point down why there was no real difference in overall survival. 
Yeah. And um, you mentioned that there was a decrease in the trend of surgical staging in the, in the United States. Um, you know, interestingly, discussing the results of these studies with some of my colleagues in Europe, but they were a little bit surprised. Uh, to me, it's not surprising. Obviously, in, in our own institution, several years ago, there was uh, an interest in, in doing surgical staging in, um, in locally advanced cervical cancer. But I think uh, as we have implemented PET-CT, there definitely has been a trend away from surgical staging. Um, I think you notice some of the same trends in, in the U.S. And the question is, do you have a sense of what's happening outside of the United States? Yeah, uh, I think you bring a, a good point. What really matters and what affects the, the trends of surgical staging is the availability of PET-CT because that's the best imaging modality we have. Uh, in the United States, given that PET-CT is readily available for the majority of centers, uh, surgical staging has been decreasing and that's what we also show in our study. However, outside the US uh, where only CT scan might be available, which has a modest sensitivity, surgical staging might be, might be preferred uh, to identify like the 50% of patients that the CT doesn't capture. Also, there's a lot of variation in certain, in certain groups in terms of the, what kind of, uh, which patient has uh, surgical staging, meaning that some groups also perform uh, surgical staging for patients that have positive pelvic lymph nodes and negative priorities on, on the PET-CT, given the high false negative rate in that group. So uh, I think availability of PET-CT, availability also of um, imaging guided biopsy, uh, techniques is, uh, is what can alter the decision to do surgical staging or not outside the U.S. Excellent. Um, one of the questions that is coming up now is from Jessica Sun, one of our fellows, our current fellows in uh, IJGC. And she has an interesting question. She says, if presumably more patients had positive nodes detected in the surgical staging group, this likely means that more patients in that group received extended field radiation. Yet, survival outcomes were similar. Does this mean that there is limited or no value to extended field radiation? Yeah, that's, that's a difficult question to answer with the present data, since unfortunately the NCDB does not collect uh, the exact radiation fields, and we cannot verify how many patients received actually received uh, extended field radiation. Uh, for certain patients with clinically negative priorities, uh, they may have received prophylactic extended field radiation therapy based on high-risk features such as number and location of pelvic lymph nodes and imaging tumor size or other features. And actually in the era of uh, chemo-RT, the role of extended field RT for patients with clinically negative priorities is not well-defined. While with the adoption of IMRT, the toxicity profile is currently acceptable with very low incidence of grade three toxicities. Data from retrospective studies on the, on the impact of prophylactic extended field radiation on the oncologic outcomes of these patients are conflicting. And uh, there are actually several large RCTs from China, South Korea that are are currently exploring this question to hopefully can provide us more high quality evidence on whether prophylactic extended field radiation uh, uh, gives better oncologic outcomes. Yeah. So this next question often is uh, argued by those who still favor surgical staging and, um, and it sort of relates to the recovery or potential complications around the approach. So the question is, do you think the outcomes are different whether the surgery is performed by a transperitoneal versus a retroperitoneal approach, and any reason to think that robotic surgery 
is different uh, and different outcomes compared to laparoscopy in the staging. Yeah, put it, putting aside, of course, the question whether pyrotechnic fundanectomy is necessary for locally advanced cervical cancer, uh, I think there's some evidence. Uh, there was a systematic review that suggested that there was no difference in the post-op complication between transperitoneal or retroperitoneal approach. Well, the excuse me, the retroperitoneal uh, was associated with a higher end, higher lymph node yield. Uh, of course, the conclusions we cannot have solid conclusions since all this data derived from retrospective studies, and in the absence of uh, high-quality evidence that relies on the surgical, the surgeon's expertise and preference whether he's going to do like a transperitoneal or retroperitoneal approach. In fact, there was a recent RCT from Spain that enrolled patients with endometrial and ovarian cancer and uh, who had uh, parotical lymphadenectomy and found no difference in the surgical or oncologic outcomes that's uh, between the extraperitoneal and transperitoneal approach. And now in terms of the mode of surgery, again, it's up to a uh, surgeon's preference, how comfortable he is with each technique. Uh, however, there is some, some retrospective data again to suggest that robotic surgery may be associated with less blood loss, shorter post-op stay and higher lymph node yield. Uh, but there is no, of course, RCTs to provide solid evidence. And that's, uh, that then it comes down to surgeon's uh, preference with each technique and his experience and uh, level of comfort. Great. Uh, this next question comes from uh, someone you know well, uh, Catherine Hicks-Courant, who's one of your colleagues there at the University of Pennsylvania. And she says, it looks like those patients getting imaging only were older with comorbidities. These are patients who likely do worse overall and recover less well from surgery. Are you able to tell in your data whether there are practice variations within providers or practice groups in who gets clinical versus surgical staging? Yeah, so uh, since uh, surgical staging can theoretically lead to uh, complications and delay in chemoradiation, we did anticipate that patients that had clinical staging uh, would be older uh, with comorbidities. Uh, however, the NCTP does not have individual level provider uh, data, so we could not assess local practices. However, when looking academic versus non-academic facilities, we didn't know the high rate of surgical staging in the academic facilities, uh, 9% uh, versus 6%, and that was persisted even after stratifying by patient age. Interesting. Now, um, Christina Ewings from uh, UK, uh, she was asking about histology. Did histology differ in those who had surgical staging uh, from those who had imaging uh, staging? Should we go about it differently for squamous carcinoma versus adenocarcinoma, I guess? Yeah, the, the majority of our patients in our study, like over 80% had squamous cell uh, carcinoma. Uh, there was a small difference uh, between uh, clinical and uh, surgical staging in, in the rate of adenocarcinoma, which uh, was higher in the, um, in the clinical states, but it was not clinically relevant. It was 13 versus 10%, so uh, not really clinically relevant. And given the small numbers of uh, his patients in, each, in the adenocarcinoma histology group, we didn't really perform a stratified analysis just for that group. Great. And, and that somewhat related question from Jessica Sun uh, from MD Anderson also. Um, she says, in light of the fact that uh, you had a small cohort of patients when they went surgical staging, um, was there a power, power calculation to detect differences in survival? 
uh, since our study was retrospective and the samples were not randomly uh, selected, we did not perform a pile calculation. We regard that result as hypothesis generating, and we feel that a post hoc power analysis for outcomes that are already observed would be analytically misleading for the authors, uh, for the um, um, readers. So we avoid intuitive power calculation. Excellent. Now, <clears throat> this next question, and of course, obviously, and I remember in our own institution when we started proposing surgical staging for locally advanced cancer, the radiation oncologists were very worried that the patients were not going to get to them in a reasonable amount of time. So um, one finding that I found notable is the fact that patients who underwent surgical staging had longer time to radiation therapy. I believe it was 55 days versus 38 days. This is not ideal, of course. So um, how do you think this might impact outcomes? Yeah, so in our study, we did find this difference uh, to time from cancer diagnosed to radiation initiation. Surgical arm had approximately two weeks longer uh, interval. However, that difference is anticipated since surgical scheduling, pathology review uh, of the specimen and final planning can add time. Uh, we, didn't, we could not verify if this uh, delay was also associated with any post-op complications. Uh, and this results are similar to another retrospective study from the Mayo Clinic that found that median time to radiation for patients undergoing surgical staging was 47 days versus just 28 days for the imaging only. Um, however, uh, it's unclear uh, if that does impact oncologic outcomes. Uh, what I should point is that the total treatment time, which is a more important radiation quality measure, was and can impact local control and survival outcomes, were actually comparable between the two groups, with over 70% completing all treatment within 62 days. Uh, so that's a valid concern, but we do need more data to see if that delay of a week or two does really impact oncologic outcomes. Uh, of course, taking into consideration that the more important that has already been proven is that total treatment time that had, does have really impact on the on the outcomes, oncologic outcomes based on locally advanced cervical cancer. And that in our study was comparable between the two groups. Very well. Um, and it's another question from Catherine, and she's asking specifically about the issue of brachytherapy in these patients. Um, she mentions in your sensitivity analysis, you excluded those who did not have brachytherapy. How could this potentially impact outcomes? Uh, based on uh, the NCCN guidelines and major uh, worldwide guidelines, patients locally, for patients with locally advanced cervical cancer, uh, inclusion of uh, brachytherapy to EBRT and radiosensitive that chemotherapy is currently the standard of care. And we were surprised that contrary to the major guidelines, a relatively large percentage of patients, 27%, did not actually receive brachytherapy. And that's been already um, found by other studies as well. And uh, since these patients did not receive standard of care, we wanted to, in a sensitivity analysis, we wanted to exclude them uh, and see if uh, surgical staging actually performs better in like patients who get standard of care. And uh, we didn't really find any difference. Uh, of course, um, there is already data to suggest that brachytherapy improves local control and overall survival. And that's why uh, we performed this sensitivity analysis. And in addition, we did, uh, ex in another sensitivity analysis, we excluded patients that had removal of uh, grossly enlarged lymph nodes alone, mm -hmm. um, meaning they just had one or to five 
uh, one to five lymph nodes, parotid lymph nodes removed. And we've evaluated the overall survival of patients that had at least 10 lymph nodes removed, parotid lymph nodes removed. And again, we didn't find any, any superior survival in that group uh, compared to clinical staging. Excellent. Um, another question that comes up is, uh, if knowing periodic nodal status does not impact overall survival in your study, is that because chemotherapy is doing much more to address any nodal metastases than radiation might? Yeah, that, that's a difficult question to answer. It could be that the radiosensitizing chemotherapy has an effect on the micrometastasis or there's an episcopal effect of radiation. Uh, I think we will get more answers when these um, RCTs that explore the excuse me, prophylactic uh, field EBRT are concluded. Uh, they will give us possibly more answers, like whether uh, it, is it is the radiation that, that changes the, the course of, for the patients with microscopic lymph node metastasis, or it is the chemotherapy. Great. This, this next question comes from one of our fellows, uh, Hussein El Hajj. Uh, he's from France, where, as you know, there many centers are still performing uh, surgical uh, staging for locally advanced uh, cervix cancer. So his question is, do you think that clinical staging should be performed for all patients or should it be reserved for patients in whom the periodic node dissection cannot be performed because of medical or other reasons? Yeah, I, I would actually argue that if PET-CT is available, since this imaging modality has a high sensitivity and specificity, uh, clinical staging with PET-CT should be considered for all patients uh, with locally advanced cervical cancer. Given the high specificity of PET-CT, and in the absence of uh, data to support a therapeutic effect of lymphadenectomy, identifying patients with parotid lympho lymph nodes, uh, metastasis on PET-CT would spur them from a surgical procedure has no proven uh, survival benefit. Also for patients with equivocal findings on PET-CT, uh, imaging guided biopsy could identify whether these patients harbor lymph node metastasis and spur them from uh, a surgical staging. Now, uh, given the following the negative uterus 11 trial, probably we, 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 there's no data to support routine parotid lymphadenectomy. However, maybe we probably shouldn't abandon this procedure altogether. One could consider a tailored approach, uh, meaning that uh, could consider uh, parotid lymphadenectomy for patients that have uh, neg a negative uh, parotid lymph nodes on PET-CT and positive pelvic lymph nodes, uh, since that, that group has a higher rate of false uh, negative. Uh, and of course, that would weigh the risk of delaying uh, chemoradiation. So that's taken into consideration patient characteristics uh, and risk of uh, uh, having a complication. So Dimitris, you're always very uh, transparent and uh, you, you always do an excellent job in highlighting the limitations of your own studies. Uh, what limitations do you see in this study? Yeah, there's uh, many limitations. Of course, this is since this is a database study. Uh, even though we have a large number of uh, patients, that gives us an, uh, like a global view of the trends and like a, like a signal of uh, survival advantage or not. There are many limitations. First, uh, we do not have a central pathology review, so histology and stage mis misclassification may have occurred. Also, there's no data on tumor recurrence, uh, so we couldn't look at PFS or patterns of differences or patterns of uh, relapse differences. There's no data on which imaging modality the patients in the clinical stage group had. Uh, and uh, also, um, we uh, 
for a large number of patients, there was no data on the mode of, uh, of staging at all. So uh, this could have impacted our results. Also, uh, while all patients had chemo radiation, we don't know the exact uh, fields of the radiation and whether it includes the pyrotic patients. And also there's no data on the quality of life and uh, the toxicities of radiation, which are also important uh, measures. And also for, uh, lastly, for patients that had radiologic uh, clinical staging, we could not assess whether they had any uh, biopsies of any suspicious lymph nodes. And uh, of course, there's unmeasured factors uh, like such as functional status or individual surgeon and or oncology preferences in terms of uh, the way into the decision to perform surgical staging or not. So many limitations, uh, but I think it was the large number of patients does give us like a, a global view and a signal of like if there is a superiority of surgical staging. Great. So, Demetrius, this last question, I think it will be a great segue into our journal club, uh, because I think regardless of how you answer, there's going to be those who, uh, who will uh, argue against uh, the, the, those points. Um, so, based on the, on the results of this study, do you see any role at all for surgical staging in locally advanced cervical cancer? Yeah, I'll be a little diplomatic with my answer. Uh, our study does show a decrease in the... Um... Uh, rate of uh, paratolymphadenectomy in the U.S. and no difference in overall survival. Uh, so in the absence of level one data to support routine surgical staging, the decisions should so probably be made based on the availability of PET-CT, availability of imaging guided biopsy services, as well as individual patient characteristics and presence of high-risk tumor features, like a high incidence, high rate of like pelvic, positive pelvic lymph nodes on the PET-CT, as well as local radiation techniques, whether like prophylactic IMRT is given. So uh, the question uh, depends uh, based on the availability of all these services, but for high-income, probably high-income high income, uh, countries where PET-CT is readily available, there is probably not a role to, uh, for routine parodic lymphadenectomy for all patients, maybe for a small group, uh, but we don't really have level one evidence to support routine uh, lymphadenectomy. Great. So with, I want to thank you again. Uh, always has a pleasure speaking with you. I learned so much from your, your articles and your manuscripts. Uh, um, really uh, uh, looking forward to the uh, journal club for the July uh, lead article, Dr. Demetrius Natsiudis, University of Pennsylvania. Thank you once again, uh, and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And I look forward to the journal club and uh, interacting with all the readers of the IJTC. Thank you again for the invitation to present our uh, study.